Hey y'all, it's Dan here. Uh, before you listen to this episode, just wanted to give a quick little shout out to all of you guys. Uh, thanks so much for listening to us. And, you know, if you like what you hear, just wanted to do a quick little request to please, you know, give us a little shout outs. Um, tell your friends, tell your dad, tell your dad all about us, specifically your dad. Don't tell your mom. Um, and, you know, we would really appreciate it because we do all the work here uh, at Horrible Friends between the editing and posting and social media stuff when we can and different things like that. So, um, and we love doing it and we just love seeing that people enjoy what we do. So if you enjoy it, you could give it like spread the word about us. That would be awesome. We really, really love you and appreciate it. And on top of that, if you ever have any requests of things that you want to hear from us, give us a shout out. Um, Email us, message us, do whatever. We have some messages for movies like Urban Legend and one for Carrie. So we have those coming up in the works. Um, and if you want to hear anything, please, please, please message us. Let us know. All right. With all that being said, I really, really hope that you enjoy Hellraiser. See you. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Horrible Friends. It's a podcast and book club format. And this week we got a special one for you. We have a combo movie special. We have Hellraiser 1987 and 2022. It's going to be a little different this time, y'all, but don't worry. We'll clue you in. Starting off, my name is Kyle. I'm Chris. I'm Dan. And I'm Jarvis. And the way this one's going to work out is we're going to give you a little bit of history about both these films. We're going to talk about the first one a tiny bit, talk about the second one a bit more, and then we're going to compare, contrast, tell each other why we like certain Cenobites and don't like others. And then we'll hit you with that spoopometer at the end, either combined or mixed. We'll figure that part out. But uh, either way, starting off, Dan, there's a bit of history. This movie, this film franchise seems to have gone from uh, humble beginnings. Tell me about 1987. So our director and writer for 1987's Hellraiser is Clive Barker. Clive Barker is a novelist. Um, he's known for writing things like Candyman and Midnight Meat Train. Midnight Meat Train was my high school nickname. Just throwing it out there. It's true. It's I was there. Yeah. <laughs> So the actors and actresses, uh, just to give you just one of the actors and actresses. So we have Ashley Lawrence, who's done movies like uh, Hellraiser 2, Creepshow, and like various other small roles. And she plays Kirsty. That, that's correct. Yeah, that's correct. Um, and then we have Sean Chapman, <clears throat> who also was in Hellraiser 2, was in uh, Fourth Protocol, and well, A Mighty Heart. I've never seen these. I just wrote them down. Uh, they seem to be his most popular ones outside of this. So, um, but Sean Chapman played Frank. Uh, I thought they did a pretty good job, like uh, acting wise. They they did well. Yeah, I, I thought this. I thought surprisingly, they did pretty well. So the budget for this is about a million pounds. Oh, that was bad. No, a million um, pounds, eh? Sticky wicket, sticky, sticky biscuit. <laughs> oh, wow. That, that's <laughs> something, a, something like that. That's, that's a fantastic. He, as you said, a million pounds, man, that's a heavy movie. Bro. Yeah, that's so heavy. 
not quite as heavy as the Cockney accent, but yeah, we <laughs> all found right. It. It's it's quite heavy there, ain't it? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think you, sure I think you had Cockney we've stumbled and, like, upon Canadian at the same time. A <laughs> yeah. In the A, in it, with, with a hint of Nebraskan. We're not, we're not quite sure at this point. So no, that that's funny because you know Hellraiser like has such a huge following, especially like primarily in America. But like it, it is easy to forget that this was, this was oh, entirely filmed in England, right? Mm-hmm. Yep, that's the filming location for us is London, England. Right, and, and that. London, Ontario, Canada, <laughs> But funny enough, like, they just didn't think that the following was going to be there if it was, uh, like, set uh, to, like, an English backdrop. That's why they kind of, like, ditched the idea midway through and just said they were somewhere in America, uh, even though they were very clearly not, and they just brought in some American accent-speaking uh, actors. Yeah, that's weird. I I don't know what market study they used for that, but yeah, that's that's. <laughs> we don't think that people will like it if they speak in British, and then it's like right. every other film that's ever existed has like a, a a British accent, especially in like a. I mean, if it's not fanciful, I guess I don't know. Uh, just because I didn't say it, the box office for this was around like fourteen point five, fourteen point six million. Uh, the runtime for this it is a cool one hour and thirty four minutes. I love when we get these movies that are just just basically like an hour and a half. It just Beautiful. makes it so much easier. <laughs> yeah, with like opening credits and closing credits. Yeah, it's like an yeah. hour and a half. It's real nice. Yeah, but we had to go back like some 35 years to get that. You know what I mean? <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough, yeah. Fair enough, yeah. All right, so other 1987 horror movies that we could have watched, but didn't. Um, you know, great, great year for with Evil Dead 2, Prince of Darkness, and then, of course, Silent Night, Deadly Night 2. Garbage day. (laughs) See, were those objectively good, Jarvis? Is that what I should have expected that year? I I don't know if I would. I'm certainly Uh no film expert. Um, I don't know (laughs) if I would say objectively good. I would say, were we feeling the vibe for horror that year? And and I'd say yes. Okay, I'd say yes. Right. Yeah. I'd say probably. I'd say I'll, <laughs> I'll take probably with you. Okay. Uh, with you, I'll I'll take a probably. That's in my mind. That's like you fifty one percent committing to like yes. Anything. That's yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Huh. Huh. And here's your taglines. So we have we have such sights to show you. I am in love with that tagline. Yeah, I, that's that's pretty good. That's yeah. a good one. That's all time for me. He'll tear your soul apart. Again, right on brand. Yeah. I don't I don't find it cheesy because like they're literally tearing people limb from limb. I don't like that it's heel, like he will tell you. I, I wish it was like they, because they as a collective are scary. He nah, like, I do scary. agree with that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I do agree. It's the collective that makes it scary. It's like, like the it's front a cult, man of like the band. Presence. Yeah, right. You still need the bassist, who's probably the chattering guy. But like, <laughs> I don't know, dude. Yeah. It's it's the fat one. Come on, let's be real. Like, let's be honest with ourselves. It's the like, fat one. I feel like the chunky one is is the one that would be um like on the drums. You think so? I think yeah, he'd be the drummer. So. I think he'd be like the drums? badass drummer. 
I was a drummer, man. Drums, drumming's a workout. There's no way. Oh, and eating, but but when you're eating human souls, I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, we don't know the calorie intake on that. I do. Yeah, saturated fat. The souls are high in saturated fat. Everyone knows that. So okay, yeah, you might have some. The chatterer would definitely be the keyboardist. I'm just saying. Mm. All right. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> we're going to go down another know. hole. <laughs> it was starting to. That's why I was like, sorry. You can, you can feel it. You can feel it developing. You, you just have to. You just have to. Nope. Not a xiphoid hole. No. No. <laughs> Is that what we call them from now on? Those are xiphoid holes. Yeah, yeah. yeah xiphoid it makes sense. Holes. All right. Uh, write that down, Kyle. That's going in the. That's going in the movie. We're not. I don't know where, but we're calling it a xiphoid hole. <laughs> I'm, I, you know what? I'm only going to do one more of these tags because I'm never going to get through this. Okay. All right. I'm just going to pick one randomly. We're going to go with that one. It, no, that one that sucks. It's literally the same thing. Hang on. Give me two more then. Th- there's one more. that says it will tear your soul apart. Which you know oh. what? I like I like that a little bit better than he will. Hmm. It is non-committal to me. <laughs> what is it? It feels like we were trying to be more proper with our pronouns. It was like yes. Well, it isn't that nice. <laughs> 1987. As long as we know that even in hell we can be respectful of each other's pronouns. <laughs> I feel like oh, I'm in God. hell right now. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Here, here's your last one. See, Satan's done waiting. No way. Shut the fuck up. That is <laughs> no not. That is not a tagline. No, it, it is not. It says waiting. Oh my God. Satan <laughs> you are fucking lying to me. <laughs> That is a tagline from Hellraiser 1987. (laughs) That sounds like something from like Motel Hell. You know what I mean? Like it's just that it's it's clunky, it's goofy, it's cartoonish. Yeah. It feels like like something that if I had a southern grandma, she would she would say she would say. Yeah, like you come home with your ear pierced and she sees it for the first time. And she's like, well, it looks like Satan's done a waiting because you just punched your ticket, mister. <laughs> Sorry if I triggered anyone with my amazing grandma impression. I'm triggered. All right. With that, I'm 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 please take it away from me. But we have such sights to show you, Dan. And we've just begun because Satan's done a waiting. And here we go. <laughs> No, uh, I, I'm 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 glad. I, I think we've been talking about doing an episode like this for some time. Typically, we you know we go through <clears throat> for anyone who's you know listening for the first time. We typically go through and we listen uh, to one of us talk pretty much not quite scene for scene, but uh, we definitely do sort of a long winded uh, expose of what the movie was. So with this, rather than that, what I'd like to do with this format is take the two movies, the 1987 original Hellraiser up against the 2022 Hellraiser Hulu remake and just do kind of a, you know, pros and cons, compare and contrast. We'll talk about everything from the visual effects to the aesthetics of the Cenobites and the sets, uh, the box, um, and kind of some of the the underlying themes of the movie. Uh, Sexuality plays a big part. So, uh, but first I'll go ahead and I'll get into the, a quick summary of the 1987 Hellraiser. So, 
Uh, sexual deviant Frank, who is played by Sean Chapman, inadvertently opens a portal to hell when he tinkers with a puzzle box that he's brought home from abroad. The act unleashes gruesome beings called Cenobites who tear Frank's body apart. When Frank's brother, Andrew Robinson, who plays Larry, and his wife, Julia, who is played by Claire Higgins, move into Frank's old home, they accidentally bring what is left of Frank back to life. Frank then convinces Julia, his one-time lover, <gasps> scandalous, to lure men back to the house so that he can use their blood to reconstruct himself. Okay, let's just jump in with both feet. Uh, what did we think? All right, who's who was whose first time? It, it, was, sorry, let, it was my post, first time. It was your first first time. Okay, so anyone else? Me. So okay. Kyle's first time. Dan's first time. Chris, my... so you've seen it? Yeah, it was like it was my second time seeing it. Okay, okay. So just general, um, you know, around the room, like who who enjoyed the film, who didn't enjoy it. Just let's. I think I enjoyed it for the most part. My, my overall big complaint. This is going to sound a little weird, but um, my overall big complaint is that a lot of like the movie felt almost like a soap opera, where it was like the mm. dialogue and the look of the shots and like I, I don't know it just like it looked almost comical like I was like I it's kind of funny but like <clears throat> not haha funny um right and then and then we have like these awesome body horror like things that pop up so it was it was a little confusing a little jarring but yeah I, I don't know the way that it was shot and the dialogue and all that was kind of goofy uh, my first time as well. Hi, I'm Kyle. It's my first time here. Uh, hi, Kyle. Hi. <laughs> uh, I think that I agree. I think I liked it. I think my biggest issue with the film was, uh, it, it, it got a little repetitive in the middle because that's kind of what it does. It just, uh, you know, smacks my kill. The body horror was good i i could see the thing that i think both of these films did well for me which is what i really like and it's not necessarily i like the film i like the lore behind the film and it got me onto like a wiki which i usually don't do for any of these things so like it interested me enough and left me wanting more so i think that means i liked it so i'm gonna say i liked it okay that's <laughs> that's an interesting kind of way to frame that but okay what about yeah. you chris yeah, I definitely liked it. I wouldn't say it's like I loved it, but I I agree with Dan. Um, the dialogue kind of took me out quite a bit, and with how it was shot, I remember some parts of it just like it feels like too bright. But like the design and like the body horror, and like honestly, like so we said, like it was like a, like a million pounds was the budget, and clearly majority of that went to uh, like this. Cenobite like designs and I love it. And, like that's oh, yes. that, and that's mainly what I wanted to like what I reason I wanted to watch this movie again when I was excited about us doing this just because I wanted to see them again. I think for anyone who who maybe hasn't seen it, um, and they're you know some people some people don't watch some of uh, you know like a nineteen eighty seven movie because they're afraid that the production quality will kind of like keep them out of it. You know what I mean? Like they, they yeah, won't be yeah. able to get really invested in it. And I think that's that that is true for parts of these. And I think you guys hit it on the head with some of the set design, 
and uh you know a little bit of the dialogue the acting is a little hit or miss um but one thing i think we can all agree on is like the the cenobites and like some the majority of the gore is still pretty good even by today's standards definitely yes. the cenobites 100 percent, 100 percent agreed i, I think oh, yeah absolutely i i think it, it got like i said it got a little weird at points but like I don't know. It came back together. The, the ending of the movie was was good. It felt good. It felt well. Actually, the, the ending of the movie felt okay. It was it all of a sudden became over. She became super overpowered with her with the special cube. But um, mm. no, I think I think it did a good job at setting itself up for what they were hoping, which I guess was more. Like it more ended films up become, after this, right? Right. Yeah. So it ended up becoming a long universe, trying to keep it. Um, trying to stay objective to just the 1987 and the 2022, but it's it's difficult to do that. So I've seen all of the other films, and um, like a fun fact about it is, it, this is another one that had a lot of like legal issues. They had to essentially keep cranking these out. Um, I think every one or two years, so oh, to keep the rights to it, correct. It was, and mm. I guess it was basically like a Friday the 13th kind of thing where they had to constantly just keep exactly pushing out more movies every right. Year. Yeah, so the, the studio was constantly having to churn out new material and they had to write it fast. It was quick turnarounds, right? So like, you know, Pinhead and the Cenobites would, would die and everything, you know, is, uh, you know, there there were no like, you know, uh, after credits endings or anything. It was just like, you know, okay, Hellraiser's done. They got him. And then they would come up with a, a newer, bigger, you know, more elaborate way to bring him back. And, and I mean, it went through the whole... Um, yeah, like the the typical arc, like he went to space, you yeah. know what I mean? Like they, they did, they did it all. They may have literally jumped the shark. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> right. It, I, I saw some of the like little bits and bobbles of some of the other films. And yeah, that, it seemed like they kind of got a little away from themselves. What is unfortunate, and, and I'm a huge fan of this film series because I, I like underlying, like the underlying theme behind it, like sex, violence, and gore. I think it it's this kind of perfect triad of like the shock value that makes this movie interesting or the, just this series, you know, the, the subject matter. And I've always really loved it, but I've never felt like it was quite perfect. And it has a lot of like chinks in its armor that you can see throughout the film series, the filmography of it. And it, it, it gets so cheesy. Like they were just kind of trying to come out with new Cenobites, you know, to shock audiences. So at one point, like one guy has like CDs stuck in his head because that's the way he was killed. And they turned him <laughs> oh, into a Cenobite. I, I remember that one. Yeah. You know, yeah. And like the other guy, I, I think one guy had like a, uh, you know, like the, like the DJ top. What is that called? With, with the record scratching? Oh, like a turntable. Turntable. Yeah. Thank you. Like he has a, he's like a, a turntable basically. <laughs> it's it, it's awful it's really really bad but the I've, one that came out in 1998 had like a tickle me elmo attached to him it was super weird it was like so <laughs> really right. strange yeah <laughs> yeah just so chasing I, people going <laughs> tickle me <laughs> which objectively kind of scary kind of yeah. scary you're right you're absolutely right but you could see it that the movies unfortunately they did kind of suffer from dating themselves um yeah so while while there's an argument to be made for both ways, whether you like the film or not, there's there was kind of new life brought in when they announced that they were going to do this 2022 remake. So, um, are you guys cool if we get into that quick? Yes, yes, summer? awesome. Yep, go for it. So yeah, uh, Dan, do you have the history for the 2022 Hulu remake? Yes, sir. So Hellraiser the remake it came out uh, what as we're recording last year 
2022. The director for this is David Bruckner. David Bruckner is, I actually knew a like, decent amount of his movies. Um, among them are The Ritual, VHS. He did a segment on that. He also did a huh. segment on Southbound and then uh, The Night House. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, I, haven't seen, I, I haven't seen The Ritual yet, but I hear that that movie is fantastic. It's really very good. He, what was that director's name again? David Bruckner. David Bruckner. So I, yeah, I apologize for not knowing his name. He has kind of this really incredible ability to do like sort of a transformative set, uh, which plays really ni- nicely in both the Night House and the Ritual. And it kind of, uh, I mean, it fit perfectly for this one because like the transitions of the room when they're basically opening the portal ways to hell. So yeah, it was a slam dunk getting him to direct. So our writers for this, we have Ben Collins, who also worked on The Night House, worked on a movie called Super Dark Times and a movie called Stephanie. Uh, Luke Piotrowski was known for doing those uh, same movies that Ben Collins is known for doing. Uh, It seems like they kind of work together. And then we have David S. Goyer, which, Chris, do you know what David S. Goyer is most notable for writing? Uh, the name's so familiar. Ah, uh, fuck. I can't think of it. Uh, the Dark Knight trilogy. Mm. Oh! Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Also for, l- like, um, Superman, uh, Batman versus Superman, like those, Cr- those movies. Chris oh, so he wrote that, too. The Dark Knight is a, um, is the title of a movie that, uh, Batman, are you familiar with the character? Oh, uh, no, could you tell me something about Batman? Oh, uh, he's a he's a lunatic who dresses up as a as a big bat, and uh, uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah, he yeah. just goes okay. on delusional rampages and like just punches people for no reason. I heard yeah. he he likes to that. fight the jonkler. Is that correct? I Is think that that's correct. <laughs> okay, it's Polish. In the nature. old jonkler. Yeah. <laughs> so I sit here and look at my Batman tattoo and my autographed Kevin Conroy Batman thing. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Malloy from the it's office. Hollow. So don't you make fun of <laughs> Kevin Conroy this time in my life. <laughs> so our actresses for this, uh, the top two that I have listed are, we have Odessa Azion, who plays Riley, and we also have Jamie Clayton, who plays the priest. They replaced, um, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Doug Bradley. Thank you. I knew it was Bradley. I just couldn't remember the first name. But yeah, they they got someone someone new to play the priest. Play Not Pinhead. easy to do. Pinhead, by the way, is like mostly a pejorative term. Like the the uh, the whole cast kind of said it as a joke. Um, but no, he is officially both in the title and in the script, just known as the priest. Uh, so other 2022 horror movies uh, that we didn't watch, but we could have watched are Men. We have X and we have the menu. Hmm. I didn't see any of those. <laughs> <laughs> I only well, picked feel- ones that I saw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, feel free to stop by and listen to the 2022 year in review condensed spoop episode that uh, me and Chris did. Yes, we talked about several of those movies. Taglines for this movie. None. We got we got no taglines, but that's probably good because you mean I Satan you don't, ain't waiting. Satan ain't waiting anymore. 
<laughs> that one's good enough for both films. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm tickled. <laughs> Is and there really none? There's none. There's huh. none. That's tremendously disappointing, I'll admit, because it, it really is my favorite part of every movie we do. <laughs> the filming location for this is also different. Um, you, you know, the, the first one was filmed in London, England. Uh, this one's filmed in actually kind of close uh, Serbia. Oh, so. <laughs> yeah, it's close. Yeah. 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 Very close. So I know the movie starts like set in Serbia. It really was filmed in Serbia yeah. entirely. Yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's it's funny because when I was watching them like do the filming of like the apartments and like the streets, I was I was thinking to myself, I was like, I don't know what American city this is. Right. <laughs> I wonder if that layout. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if that was like an aesthetic choice to kind of go in ba- back with like the uh, the, like the ambiguity from like the fir- the original it was like it was filmed in england but then they kind of like they backed out and it was just supposed to be somewhere in america i wonder if that was kind of the same energy that david bruckner was going for uh i think david bruckner was going for hulu gave me one and a half dollars and i have to film this somewhere <laughs> <laughs> and i spent i spent all one and a half dollars on special effects so i don't know what i'm supposed to do that they did everyone into the bus we're going to serbia <laughs> That, I missed that episode of the Magic School Bus. Maybe we should review <laughs> that one next. All right, and with that, I am I am done with our Hellraiser 2022, so I'm going to pass it back to Jarvis. Okay, so let's go ahead and do a quick summary for the 2022 Hulu film Hellraiser. So a young recovering drug addict, Riley, must confront the sadistic supernatural forces behind an enigmatic puzzle box responsible for her brother's disappearance. In her search, they uncover a dark secret obsession by an eccentric billionaire who has deadly motives and the ever impending presence of the Cenobites that follow closely. So I'll jump right in. Um, just like the first one, uh, who, who enjoyed it? Who didn't enjoy it? What do you guys think? It was just a little bit longer than the first one and it felt it but yeah by by a good margin <laughs> for sure. yeah yeah it it felt it felt a little uh pressed out because not only did they give the the box extra superpowers it also uh has multiple ways of murdering people or or sacrificing them i guess is more along the lines mm-hmm. um i like i said i like the lore building in this it's fun it's really like I had a good time. I will say that. I, I enjoyed it just a little long. Yep. Yep. Definitely the lore building, I think, is the biggest, biggest difference. I'm just going to come out and say I like this one better. Um, it, it was a little bit longer and it did feel it, but I just had more fun with this one. Um, graphics were great. Um, the, the only thing is I hated the protagonist like couldn't stand him, and so like that definitely yeah. took a lot of the enjoyment out of it. Like, did not like Riley whatsoever. And then she gets with the guy who's clearly like made up to be a douche nozzle through yeah Trevor. the beginning of it. So like I, I don't know. It was just another weird thing where it's like you thought that this douche nozzle was gonna fucking die like in the beginning of the movie, and then he just lives and is like, no, I am one of the protagonists. 
and he just keeps living. He just even <laughs> when he's revealed to be the biggest douche nozzle, like an even I bigger am, one. <laughs> I immediately thought Trevor was going to die like super early on when I watched this, and was immediately disappointed. They they even tried to like redeem him at the end of the movie. They were like, right? Am I remembering this correctly? I mean, it's been a couple weeks since I've watched it now, but like, which part he, exactly? At the end of the movie, when oh spoiler, um. Trevor reveals that he's been evil the whole time, but now he doesn't want to be evil anymore. Didn't he like try to redeem himself? Um, he, a little. He he. I changed my mind. He, <laughs> no, I think he was more upset that the guy just didn't tell him all everything that he was gonna do. Like, yeah, he was like, "You just said I had to bring you the thing, not that you would murder these people." I I kind of know. <laughs> yeah. Like, the, okay. Yeah. There's like light redemption, very light, but. But I didn't want redemption. Why would I want redemption for this (laughs) piece of shit? Like, I I don't like these are the weird choices. Uh, But again, I like this movie better than the original. I'm just picking the really negatives in my mind apart really hard. No, I get it. I think I I think the one thing we can say for certain is that the 2022 is definitely a more polished version, right? Yes. So 100%. uh, Yeah, I agree. I think it's much easier to follow. It's much easier to get more enveloped. Um, so if you guys are good, let's just get into some compare and contrast. I think the 1987 set a really good precedent of what these monsters and Cenobites should look like. And I think that the 2022 one like lived up to my expectations and hopes. Yeah. And I think that they did. So Jarvis, you, you kept on bringing up this idea of uh, sexuality was a big factor in it and and to be completely honest i i watched the films back to back and i forgot that the first i don't know how i forgot this it's, it's only been like a couple days since i've seen it <laughs> okay but i forgot i forgot that that was like literally half the plot was uh was was the main character woman going through and just like luring men in to then just murder them right um it's a strange plot the, it, the it's, it's not very strange very, plot. it's no it's not that it's strange it's just not deep there is no depth to right. this lake. It's just, <laughs> it's just woman brings man home, murders man, oh. and then they keep doing it, and they do the same thing. They in sat in this... that writer's room for like fifteen minutes. <laughs> they, they, see, like if they had after made some, several rounds of cocaine, <laughs> if they had made some of these kills a little more fun in the first one, I think it might have been a, a better watch. But it just kind of was. It's hammering time, and then it just kept on getting hammering time. They, they saved it with the body effects. I think that this new one did a good job at expanding without having to be anywhere near sexually focused or did, am I forgetting the entire film? Because I don't think it was sexual at all. Really? Is that correct? Yeah, more or less correct. And I think, well, Mm -hmm. so, so so yes and no. Um, So Roland Voigt is the, the rich, the rich guy, right? So he, he's kind of like the, the main antagonist without us really knowing it for the, a good portion of the film. And so his whole thing, just like uh, Julia's character in the first one, he is like an exotic pleasure seeker. He's basically his motive, because I think motive is a big part of this, this film and, and all of these films. Uh, Cause I, th- I think it's looking for like the, what is the next extreme? Right. And, and we'll get into kind of some of my problems with Riley's character in that respect, but they, Roland's whole reason for exploring this is he's looking for new exotic pleasures. And we find that out kind of at the end when we realize that he's already opened the Leviathan configuration 
and he got that like contraption basically like sewn into his body yeah it's pretty wicked right because their version of pleasure and you know like the most extreme pleasures are pain so for Mm -hmm. them that was you know just what the doctor ordered um so so yes it is it is still sexual like that kind of underlying tone but more so i think it's supposed to be like whatever is like your most gratifying thing right what whatever you seek most for pleasure and in riley's case um her character is based loosely on you know drug addiction because she is a recovering addict so she's finding that new extreme that new pleasure and it kind of and it goes well because it's it's one of those things that you know the 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 more she does the the bigger tolerance she'll build so every time she's doing more and more drugs like she's killing herself she's getting closer and closer to killing herself which is i thought like a really good model for how to like start this movie off and they didn't use it very much yes i i agree they they used her drug addiction to kind of push the story rather than to actively like you mentioning that that all makes sense it in actuality is not played out well and it's not kind of at least it wasn't telegraphed well in in the end result because it's her drug addiction is obviously there we know she's on hard times they use it as a as a plot point to move her forward as a desperate person trying to make a buck correct right rather than like she is killing herself slowly with this they could have played it up a little better in my opinion but but i'm happy at the very least that i don't know if happy is the word but it i'm glad that they didn't do like a one-to-one remake i'm glad they rethought the characters out and Mm -hmm. but kept all of the fun bad ones like all of the cenobites they were fun that was a smooth transition into talking about cenobites if anyone's interested the chatterer is (laughs) my boy (laughs) <laughs> that's a great yeah let's just let's go right into cenobites then i think that's nah, a great nah, 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 that's a great idea i Who love the chatter he's the best right i i didn't expect to see him again i was like yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then they and then they killed my boy and that was that was the moment that i actually checked out of this movie which is why i completely forgot that um <laughs> the, the douchebag has um actually yeah. is a douchebag at the very very end Oh God! Can we please circle back to the the killing of the Cenobite? Because I yeah, yeah I have so many problems with that. But like let's let's talk about the other Cenobites. So like back back in the nineteen eighty seven, I think we can all agree that like that they are so visually striking, and they did such a good job like coming up kind of like mm-hmm. the baseline lore, and that that way the aesthetic could match over the timeline of you know thirty plus years to where we're at. Yeah, I agree. I I think that they, as we said, the the special effects, practical effects, whatever it is, the makeup alone in in the original film is worth the, the million pounds because it it I I can I think I can objectively say I don't think there was another thing like this out there. Like you might get a little bit from a Freddy maybe, but not really, right? Like it, this this was on a whole different level, and I think this one. I mean, it was obviously popular, but it, I don't. Uh, sorry, the, the original film was obviously popular, but I, I don't know that it like had as much staying power as like Freddy Krueger and whatnot for whatever reason. Obviously, they kept making the films just like they did Freddy, but it it doesn't it doesn't stick on my top whatever. But it it, it was good design, mm. and yeah, we got to see all of our fun characters again, like you said on the new one. So why not? <laughs> I think slashers were just so big around that time that yeah. this might have been kind of like thrown in a pile. Uh, but it, it should have gotten more respect at the time. 
hundred percent. I mean, like the the ending of the first one. Spoilers, I guess. Uh, yeah, she gets she uses the cube that summons them all to zorp them back into whatever non space that they're from. I guess. Oh, the special effects on that! My God, <laughs> <laughs> that did not hold up. No, that did not. Uh, but it, it was kind of anticlimactic. It, I like. You guys know me. I love my uh, feudal uh, human experiment uh, horror movies where it's just the humans keep on, they keep losing no matter how hard they try. And I love it. The mm-hmm. spare is wonderful. Love it. Uh, and this, the new one did exactly what I wanted it to. It's These are interdimensional beings. It, you're just going to, you're going to have one kill the other and that's how we're going to keep killing them all. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 uh, no, they, they, they murder. Yeah, the first one made them feel very much omnipotent. And then the 2022 one was just so weird how like they just die from random things. I, I don't know. It's like... Agreed. It, it was like um, we, we went from being in London to being in America where it's like, ah, just shoot them. Like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Why don't we have a, a Hellraiser in Kentucky? That's what I want. <laughs> Hellraiser Detroit. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, actually, I, I, I agree and disagree. So the, the first one made them feel omnipot- omnipotent until they just weren't. Like, until she, like, hit a button on the box and that was it, right? So, like, yeah, that was... she, she zaps them back. Yeah. Yeah. So my, my problem with the 1987 ones is that they were a little too lenient. They, they weren't consistent. They were just kind of like, yeah, you know what? You you choose if you want someone else to take your place. That's cool. Yes. Like it's just like, no nah, man, go fucking kill her. Just like <laughs> take your shit <laughs> yeah. and go home. How how come some people they you know they turn the puzzle box and all of a sudden it's automatically chains? Like, oh nope, we got your ass. You are mine. But then they have an exchange program. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I have a coupon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> No, it's it's fucking it's ridiculous. It's like come with us or refer a friend. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, that, that's that's well, exactly you sold right. the most uh, cookies at the bake sale this past mm-hmm. uh, week. So you know what? We'll let it slide. And and they they do it again in the 2022 version, but at least they gave you the the sense of doubt where it's like, oh, well, you didn't get poked by the knifey bits. And it's like, I skipped you, but I still owe you somebody. It's At least they give you a reason. The other one was just kind of like, eh, whenever we feel like it. Do love the knifey bit. Let's let's yeah. wrap up the Cenobite talk. All right, so, let's, so we talked about um, Chatterer, everyone's favorite. What did we mm-hmm. like from the, the 2022? What did we like? What didn't we like? How, how do we feel about the priest? I think think that she did a great job yeah amazing yep it jamie clayton crushes yeah. that role absolutely uh, the the over effects and just kind of her makeup did at times make me oh, kind of giggle she kind of looked like a, a like a, a japanese male band singer i don't know i also didn't I just... know where you were going with that really you know kind of made me <laughs> I felt Giggle. things. <laughs> if you could have seen how many times my eyebrow moved throughout Kyle just saying all things. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. It's like just tell uh-huh. just tell us you're turned on. Like just 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 say the words. Look, I pulled out my Don't... big laptop <laughs> and, and you know what that means. <laughs> yeah, no, she she was still oddly sexy in that role. And, oh uh, yeah. 
Yeah, which is terrifying. There, there it is, the pleasure <laughs> and pain again, because I'm looking at that and I'm like, why? Why is this happening right now? I'm not going to fight it. But why? <laughs> yeah, but but if if someone was going to give you a Jacob's Ladder, then you know who you would hire to do it now. Absolutely. <laughs> Ow. And, and for anyone who doesn't know what a Jacob's Ladder is, uh, feel free to Google that shit because Ugh. we're not explaining it. <laughs> nope. Right after you Google sounding, and then we can talk about it. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, a, a new Cenobite that we got was the, um, I, I don't have all of their names in front of me, because a Chatterer, we, we get like a different Chatterer, but still Chatterer, he's still there. Uh, we don't have the Butterbean, uh, our, our fat our everyone's favorite yeah that's what they I called love him that. Amazing. yeah um we did get the like the walking skin cenobite which was a really interesting one it was literally he was just like walking skin yes uh who is that i'm looking through the names here all right can we can we guess some of the names can we can we go with this uh there is uh i'm going to describe them and you're going to tell me the names uh, the the woman who kind of reminds me of the fish people from, uh, from Legend of Zelda is that is that the Weeper? Uh, no, I'm thinking of the Gasp. Oh man! So yes, okay. So she's she's got like an open neck thing that kind of comes vagina out. Vagina neck stretched yeah, out. Yeah, giant vagina neck. Yeah, she's like kind the priest's the right hand. That is correct. Right, uh, yeah. Then we have the man. Oh, you might get this one, Dan. Uh, the man that looks like he might be crying blood tears. Oh, the weeper. Oh, that's the weeper. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then you have the one that looks like it has a cloth strewn over is its that, face. Is that the the asphyx? Yes, like asphyxiation. Okay. Yes. Uh, asphyx. Asphyx. Yeah, the asphyx. I, I got an asphyx for you. Satan's <laughs> not waiting, or whatever they say. <laughs> then, then you have the. I don't know if this guy showed up a lot. Uh, he's like in the stone hallway. It looks like, and he looks. Oh, I remember the, the stone hallway. That that's the mosque. Yes, that's mosque. yes. Okay, so that's the one that is pretty much just skin. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. I was trying to figure out which one it was, and that is uh that's the Jesus web scene, which mm. is so very good. <laughs> uh and then then you have uh this one's easy, the mother. Oh, that's the father. The the father, the mother? The yeah. mother, the father? Huh. The father mother. Uh, that is the and then th- there's also the final guy, I guess. Spoilers, mega spoilers. <laughs> uh Roland. Turning into one, I guess, at the end. <laughs> we have the Gasp, the Weeper, the Mother, and Roland. <laughs> and <Doesn't> Steve. <laughs> and Steve. Uh, yeah, uh, I, I like this. I think all the Cenobites had their own personalities. I think they all played their own role in this, and I, I think I appreciated what they were. Um, they all still seem very extremely powerful, albeit a little slow. But the original Cenobites in 87, I think the problem I had, uh, not problem, but they, they kind of formed a cohesive band. This was more like, here's a bunch of big baddies, I guess. Sure. So let's let's jump into uh, the thing, the very thing that summons our favorite band of Cenobites, the, the cube, the puzzle box. It's cool. It's very cool. And I do like that even though the 2022 expanded on it, 
and kind of gave it more life. Uh, it gave it rules. It gave it the different configurations, which in turn kind of play into how you can go about summoning the Cenobites versus creating an audience with God even. So I, it definitely mm -hmm. raises the stakes in the 2022. I really like that. And I, I, I also really like the blade compared to the 1987 film, which was kind of like, it was almost like whatever it needed to be, that's what they would let it be. Cause it can summon them. It can zap them back. It's, you know what I mean? It, it didn't, it wasn't yeah. as rigid with its rules. Yeah. Like I said, it, it, you gave it or it, they gave it rules. So it makes sense. Um, yeah, I, I guess in that same vein, what, how do we feel about the conversion ratio of murdered souls to omnipotent power? Seem seem like a good conversion, like a five to one or whatever it is, or it gave it more reasoning, I guess, than just like, yeah, sex gods or whatever. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. It provided a little bit more reasoning, but I guess now there's just more questions. Like how the fuck did this start? Like, where did this come from? And we, we can confirm it only accepts humans, right? We can't confirm that, I guess. We can't? Fuck. All right. Time to take it to the slaughterhouse, baby. Let's I mean, if, if my dog starts chewing on this thing in the backyard, like chances are better than not after, you know, X amount of time, he might be able to figure this thing out. And if he just so <laughs> happens to be humping the neighbor's dog, well, I'm I'm pretty sure the Cenobites get exactly what they're looking for. Yeah. Weird occurrence. All that coming together. <laughs> just, it's just, what a series of events. Would they be able to speak in dog? These are questions. Uh. They're not good questions. They're terrible questions, but... Um, <laughs> but to, they are questions. But they are questions. To Dan's question about, like, you know, where does all of this start? I think that is kind of an interesting question. And it and that is because, like, the, the puzzle box is just... Even from its 1987 beginnings, it still has that gorgeous and kind of mysterious aesthetic where it's like it looks like it's made not entirely but mostly out of gold um you know it, it draws you in it, it's visually striking it you you want to learn more about it so i actually like the fact that it kind of brings those questions about like where did all this start and i feel like there is an answer now with the lore because what the 2022 did was kind of made it a lot less amb ambiguous uh you know kind of took away a lot of the vague uh, rules and regulations mm -hmm. of the of the box so what are your thoughts my thoughts are i had to google it but do we know when the rubik's cube was released Ooh, i don't uh, 1982 1980 it is suspiciously oh, close, close <laughs> to this movie coming out one of the directors was like, hey, you seen this thing before? You seen yeah. this cube? Can't fucking <laughs> figure this thing out. It's like it's made from another dimension. <laughs> how much you would have bet that's how it started? There's no way. <laughs> like, did we just write Hellraiser? Yeah. I think we did. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, no, I like the rules. I, I think the rules make it better. I, I, think, I think the box itself is cool, but I think... Uh, yeah, like I said, I just I didn't like how it was drawn out. I would I don't know how you would make it faster, but I guess you would Kill have a character faster. that's just going out to murder people. Yeah, exactly. All the murders in this movie are, are kind of accident well, most of the murders in the beginning are accidental. It's like, you see. Mm. Yeah. Oops. Uh, 
which is a very but different theme than we got in the 1987 where it was all purposeful yes. and it was always kind of a means to an end yeah and it it it, it changed let's it change the style of the character right that the character who was doing all the murdering before had a different intent this one had no idea what she was doing and it just kind of happened and she was accidentally murdering people but it just shows the hostile design of the cube it's gonna take what it wants let's really quickly talk about kind of the settings the backdrops for the film so they're they're very different the 1987 all kind of centers around frank's house that now larry and julia have moved into when you know everything transpires there so it's it's dingy it's dark that attic is is fucking gross it's like just perpetually wet and moldy like inexplicably so um, now juxtapose that against our main setting for the 2022 film, which is the Voigt Mansion. Yeah, it's a good point. And it, this, the the cube has been known, I guess, to some. Uh, that's kind of the continuation. Is like it, this guy knew about the cube and he went searching for it, versus it kind of popping up in the first one. But yeah, um, I I thought it was cool. I thought it, it definitely changed things. One, how dare you uh, shame an old house like that? It was a beautiful old house and I loved it. So uh, gross. So gross. No, <laughs> it's like, fine. it's like, just be new, you know? No, just, <laughs> just be new. Throw a dehumidifier <laughs> in it or something. It'll be fine. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it will be fine because there's a goopy dead guy running around in the attic too. So <laughs> look, some houses just come with that. All right. It's, <laughs> You're going to turn that guy into jerky if you dehumidify too much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe I want him to be. Anyway, yeah, I, I think uh, I think the two scenes were both, uh, they, they both show uh, like the humble beginnings of this film franchise, I guess, humble beginnings uh, until where it is now, where it has a little bit more of a budget and can do a bit more with its money. And I mean, it fits the character designs a little different. One was just like a... I, I love this guy and I want him back. And the other one is I want ultimate pleasure. And it's, it's just a, a bit different and it, and it rolls well. They, they did a good job at setting the scene. What I really enjoyed about the Voight mansion is that, uh, again, it, it's difficult to stay objective to just the 1987 compared to the 2022, because it takes a lot of cues and visuals and aesthetics from a lot of the follow on films. So what a lot of the follow on films did was they, continued to like develop the cube and transform it so uh at one point it, it's it's the building like the cube is the building itself and that's how they end up being able to trap uh doug bradley's character pinhead and then of course they eventually go into space and then the spaceship is the cube and it just gets more and more ridiculous from there but the mansion itself does have a transformative element that is there to not only trap the Cenobites outside, but can also trap them inside, which I thought was a really neat element and a good way to tie it all together. Yeah, I thought that that wasn't. I found the the cage interesting. They kind of just threw that in, like no explanation. It's just like it seems like it's working. Is it is it electrical? Is it? I don't know. It just it seemed kind of plot holy in my opinion, but. Uh, I do like you said, like you said, I, I do like the transformative nature of it. And it, it was an interesting aspect. I just, I don't know how it fit in with it. I guess it's the designs on the bars. Yeah. So it, it's meant to basically mirror the, the, I guess the makeup of the cube itself, you know? So like there's 
barriers and uh, I, I don't know really how to phrase it. It's, it's basically like whatever keeps them sealed inside. It has those elements in the house. Okay. So speaking then, of elements in the house yeah. though, did you guys, uh, did you guys get, did you see the, the spinning torture pillars at the beginning of the 1987 where it's just like bones and like, yes, it's like, you know, slashed mm-hmm. out vaginas and just literally big black dildos that are just nailed to it. Do you get yeah. like everyone saw the dildos, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know that I saw them. That's amazing. Oh yeah. No, definitely dildos just nailed to a spinning two by four. It's amazing. And they, they recreate that scene, don't they? And, um, in the newer one, like when the first time we get to see down the long corridor of the, the other dimension or whatever, you can. Oh yeah. They're they there. That. Yeah. 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 I was so excited. I love, I love, I love the spinning torture pillars. I just do. I'm a child. Yeah. They, they kind of showed up out of nowhere in the first one, but I, I was happy to see him again in the second one. <laughs> I get it. I get it. It's a neat aspect. Everything is just so dark and gritty and dingy in the first one. And, and it has those elements in the remake as well. Um, but like, the, there's like this amazing sensuality, like with the grossness, like Julia's character, when Frank comes back and he's got like, she's killed like one guy for him and he's got like his second layer of skin. He's still goopy and fucking just dripping and gross, but she still like sucks his finger. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's Ugh, so gross. It's so, gross. <laughs> so disgusting. <laughs> That's like as fucked up as it is. Like that's what I love most about this film series. Like you would no, it, be, yeah, because, you, you really because would. it's uh-huh. so unsettling to the viewer. Right? This was it was always oh, supposed yeah. to yeah, to push the viewer, boundaries. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Not me. I love it. But <laughs> 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 to you, vanilla ass honky motherfuckers. <laughs> Look, I'm not trying to kink shame, but like there is such a thing as too much Vaseline. All right, is there? <laughs> the limit does not exist. uh yeah no i i don't disagree and again though they 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 kind of downplayed the sexuality in the in the newer one uh and just upplayed the the rules which i think is is better for the story in general i think i think it will prevail probably a little bit better than just uh the the hugely sexual nature of the first one um but i don't know we'll see maybe they'll just turn it around and be like fuck it it's an HBO show now. It's everybody's fucking everybody. I yeah, I think with a different network it might have been different. Um I, I, I just felt it played a little safe. Chris, what do you think? Ah uh, <laughs> that's it. That's it. <laughs> oh man, that was good. Beautiful. Now I have a ringtone. I have a ringtone now. <laughs> uh, no, I, I yeah, I want that to be like my message notification. <laughs> huh <laughs> you can't pull a me get out of here absolutely i can fuck off <laughs> i would like to know your opinion for real do you think that the new one played a little too safe i think it did yeah what could they have done to make it less safe more dildos on two by fours, honestly. This is fair. More dildos I on see. Two that's by fours, it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I will say, I, I did like the design. I know we talked about it a little bit, but I did like the design of the the, uh, the Cenobites in the newer one. I liked how, especially with the priest, like we kind of went away from like the bondage kind of like leather thing, and it was just you know overlapping skin, and I thought that was really cool. 
Dan, do you have any opinions on if this movie went too hard or not hard enough? I don't think it went hard enough. Um, very like emphatically, I can say that. Um, oh, I love this. Yes, I, tell me I, more. Yeah, I, I wish it, it did feel like a movie that's about flaying people and ripping them apart and stuff like I. I don't know. There were moments where like they pull away and they don't show you everything. Like, why didn't we get to see the brother die as much as I like the brother's character? Like, I, I mean, mm-hmm. why, why did they just like edge us about that? They were just like, oh, he's gone. He's probably got cut up in a million pieces. And it's just like, <laughs> well, we're not going to show you. And like, there was no ambiguity after. To, well, there was no ambiguity to the idea that he was dead because they clearly shove it in our face for the rest of the movie but like why why couldn't we just see that awesome scene of him just being ripped apart and yet they continue to peddle like the narrative that there's the the exchange program that they can get him back if they just you know bring the enough soul enough souls and yeah we'll give you this one back after we've tortured him for probably what's like a thousand years with the time difference maybe i don't know but yeah which i think that the characters made the correct decision in what she did which was the boring decision but like she made the correct one because yeah that's exactly it it's they would have brought him back and he would have been like he would have had somebody else's like arm attached to his face and they would have been got they would have gotten away with the well we told you to bring him back but it doesn't be the whole of him and then you didn't read the fine print (laughs) correct oh my god uh that is the one thing that building rules in a series like this kind of bogs it down is like how much of it are they actually following and what can you poke holes in versus not but I, yeah. yeah i i don't disagree i think it could have been more 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 skin flying also just like I, to, while, while we're on the subject of just them and like how skin flying like they were yeah and skin flying have i told you guys about the jerky that i found um no please <laughs> tell me, please go on um i I thought that, like, the way that they pulled back on how stupid powerful that they're supposed to be was kind of weird. Like, the the chatterer got caught by a metal gate. Yes. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Why can't he just, like, walk through the metal gate and just walk into them and then just explode or just take over their body? Because he's metal a fucking gates. angel. No. Metal gates. <laughs> oh, God, it's steel. <laughs> I agree. Uh, I was, I was that. I, I was troubled by that. I, I felt like they didn't do a good job of flushing out, kind of like the limitations. And then, you know, moments after that, they kill him with the puzzle box, the the blade from the puzzle box, which so so confusing. And it counts towards, you know, what yeah. ultimately is the the final configuration, the Leviathan configuration. And I was like, I I feel like no. I was very yeah. confused about that. It either should have been, in my opinion, uh, none souls, because I don't know that they have them, or a bunch of souls because they're worth more. Like, th- these are finite beings, right? So I-, I don't know. It should have been like a hundred souls or none, in my opinion, rather than just one. But also, yeah, that, that was kind of weak. I like despair. And by being able to kill the omnipotent beings kind of took that away because now there's a possibility you just have to like line up your shot instead yeah it, no yeah you're right. just have a gun way <laughs> <laughs> no it, it gives like this walking dead energy like all right now we know we can kill him 
Now I just need my 357 pointed in the right direction. <laughs> I'm gonna get on my horse. <laughs> 357 with the bayonet attachment of this knife. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, but it empowers the you know the characters. Which which sucks. No, fuck them. Yeah, like I want them exactly. to die horribly. That's the point of Hellraiser. So yeah, again, it all felt very, very safe. Now what they did do, um, the kills that we did get, even though dark very very dark like visually it was very difficult to see what's yeah. happening i was very thinking hard. the whole time by the way i was like dan is so frustrated right now he is like he is angrily like turning up like the uh the gamma yeah he, yeah yeah he's like fiddling he's fiddling with his remote he's like the, all these fucking movies every goddamn time i can't see anything happening yeah I, I actually just turn into a really old guy just like i have to put on my glasses i'm like how the hell do you turn up the damn thing what the fuck is an HDMI cable? <laughs> What's the hit me? Hit me? Goddamn Japanese television makers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was a bit dark. I, I we we could have used just more gore. I mean, like this is it's the thing I don't like about this. This is on a uh, streaming service. It is not on television anymore they're still giving it ratings right you still have to go through some sort mm-hmm. of like broadcast ratings for these things i they should have just not rated it just be nasty get up get all up in there and get be nasty. nasty what they did allow us to see though was pretty decent nora nora is the friend and roommate to uh matt and colin and mm-hmm. she gets it pretty bad so she ends up getting cut by the cube and while they're trying to escape in a van and they they pull her through the portal and they got her and then uh Jamie Clayton's pinhead literally like she she does like the whole dialogue and it's very good right it feels very much like what you know Doug Bradley would approve of in terms of a hellraiser monologue uh but we get this like really neat inside of the throat shot as pinhead takes out one of the nails and sticks it in her neck and it's it's very slow the gore and the via the, the special effects on that i just yes. i really appreciated it yeah sorry i was just jogging my mind with that one um yeah i remember it it's <laughs> it came back to me i agree it, it's it, it was that's good and the the gore in that one and then doesn't she explode is that what you said she does uh, she does like- explode but that part is really frustrating because it is incredibly dark, and we don't really get to see that as much as I would have liked to. Just a, a spurt of blood in the van through a different dimension or something. It is like a that. large spurt, granted, but yes. yes. Huh. Yeah, that, that one was pretty pretty good. Uh, the lawyer woman, hers was... Hers was like a mercy killing. I don't even know if it was like that bad. Okay, but I... I... I watched Hellraiser 2022 and I, I maintain they they went too soft. They weren't hard enough. The boys boys got to get hard. Come on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, but speaking uh, uh, of speaking of getting hard, I, I, I just watched men uh-huh. where I watched four birthing scenes one after the other. And like 
And then I watch Hellraiser 2022 and I'm like, what the hell am I doing over here? Like, I need some fucking body horror. Let's go birth me out of this man's back. Like, (laughs) (laughs) it was more like, I I think that was more like 14 birthing scenes. Oh my God. It was was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my entire life. (laughs) Tiff and I were watching. She's just like, she's like, oh God, tell me what it's over. (laughs) And I'm Five minutes past, she's like, isn't it over? No, it's still going. No, it, it it's unrelenting. I love that movie. I, I think we will eventually cover that movie, if if for nothing else, just that ending. But to your point, that's that, that's a great point because that that is a perfect example of like how far this movie should have gone. It should be difficult to watch. It should be like really uncomfortable to watch in certain settings. It's about sex and gore and violence. This isn't a, this is not a family movie and it shouldn't be treated like it, right? Don't pull the punches. They they explored a lot of different themes too. And I'm not even just talking about like the kills with the Cenobites and whatever. It's like going back to the sex part. And again, this is not me just being, you know, gross and pervy, but like this movie really is kind of like its foundation is in depravity. It's like show me some depravity. That party, the Voight party from the beginning where he lures yeah. that guy in. Um, that, that honestly, like, it, this is going to sound weird, but like why it could have been a gay orgy. You know what I mean? Like show me something that isn't something that I would want to watch in a family setting. Cause it should yeah. be that dark, serious subject matter. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, well, sort of, I, I do watch gay orgies with my family, so it's sure. not exactly yeah. a woman, okay. but like, okay. it, I, I don't disagree that it is, uh, they could have that would have like really amped up this like ex- crazy eccentric will do anything for anything any sort of amount of pleasure billionaire type of guy that he was supposed to be i don't disagree with you it's i think that's where they they tone they must have been told to tone it down because that's what i was just thinking like i feel like it had to like it had to be something with the studio stepping in and like all right look you know we get this is hellraiser but this is here are things that we probably want you to cut out or can't be done. Yeah. And which is sad because it, it's got a reputation to uphold and that's, mm-hmm. and it, I think it might also come like also go with the fact that like, you know, it it's, it was a movie going straight to streaming. So it's not like it was going to be in theaters where, you know, you could easily see some of that money come back. You know what I mean? So I think yeah, the studio sure. might want to play it safer that way. I just feel like the final product was really grounded in compromise. You know what I mean? It was mm. it was the best of both worlds. They wanted to reach a wide audience, and they did. Um, but it was definitely at a cost. Yeah, I, I think if this had been on... I, I, I hesitate to say HBO. I mean, they, they get away with a bit more on HBO, but I, I think if this had been on, like, Shudder even, but with, like, good funding, like, Hulu money, but on Shudder, they might have been able to get away with it because that that's that's a little bit more horror group friendly uh on there so uh, yeah it, no if, if they had the hulu money but streaming on shutter yeah this would have been a lot more so uh, i guess we'll we'll bring it all together and we'll we'll talk about kind of that we'll we'll talk about both the endings so both of them kind of have make an attempt at sort of like a big twist ending uh with the 1987 uh, Frank ends up wearing Larry's skin and tricking Kirsty, his daughter, into thinking that it is in fact Larry when it is in fact Frank. And uh, then she takes out the Cenobites one by one, and uh, that 
there's there's some weird homeless guy that was kind of like an underlying theme. Like I don't know if we even want to touch that because I was, was so like, oh, and he, he becomes the Jersey Devil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys didn't you, you didn't see that coming? Come on. Yeah, no, we're just not deep <laughs> enough. Clearly, you know what I mean. <laughs> we're just. <laughs> Oh, you, you guys really didn't get the whole point of the film, did you? I feel like that's what some, some pretentious douchebag who's like a film student is just like, mm, you really missed the underlying themes. It was it was about uh, talking about how the future would have a homelessness crisis, and this is the only way we're going to be able to handle it is if we summon the hell Cenobites to come and clean yeah, things up. And you know, like, uh, <laughs> you know, all of us can see a demon inside of us, and um, it, it just takes, like, other people to awaken that. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. deep, bro. I think Real my deep, demon would be like a bony pterodactyl, you know? <laughs> yeah, because because you're you're so edgy. That's why. So edgy. Yeah, that ending sucked. Like, let's just <laughs> let's call a spade a spade. It it could have just ended with the zip zaps, and everybody could have gone home, and that would have been fine. Sure. They didn't need to go. I I do I do appreciate uh the like father figure uh pinhead. When when they they show up in the room after her dad's been obviously murdered, and they're like, "Who did this? Yeah. <laughs> show us who did this to you." And she's like, "No, it's not what you think." <laughs> yeah, there's like an air of disappointment. Like we're yeah. not bad, just disappointed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. And yeah, the I don't know. I the, the ending didn't have to happen that way. <laughs> To give them credit, they didn't know what this would become, right? They didn't know. I don't even know if they knew how this was going to end. Right? They were yeah. making. They felt like we have. What kind of budget do we have left? Can we buy some gas and just burn some shit? Yeah, gas in a field. Burn yeah, it absolutely. down, and then <laughs> and then she the runs away, and and then uh, I need my nephew to finish this. A demon shows up. Yeah, a demon shows up. Where did he come from? <laughs> he was a homeless guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, from earlier in the film. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll definitely tie him back we'll in. We'll tie him Dude, back what? in. But they shoot. Uh, I mean, how can we like organically tie this homeless guy into the film? Uh, he'll just show up and eat crickets and give fuck me eyes. <laughs> All right. Now we're talking. Yeah. Makes sense to me. What's the homeless man's favorite food? Crickets. Oh, that's not. Oh. All right. <laughs> what acid trip Mad Libs? <laughs> fucking extravaganza was this no, and why you, isn't I, that the film this was the 80s you know that this was coke laden it was like and then we just have a half we, we gotta have the homeless guy and what you gonna do oh he's gonna eat the fucking crickets oh god damn he's gonna eat the fucking crickets i i actually i accept the the five-year-old better I, this is five-year-old ad libs is coming in and just being like where are they at the pet store weird that's not even something we spoke about that she had a job but all right we're going to the pet store yep and I like cats. The crickets. <laughs> uh, yeah, there, there sure are cats at the pet store. Um, crickets, too? Sure, do it. I bet he'd eat crickets. Ew. Yeah, no, it just plays very juvenile. Yep. Very strange. Uh, yeah. le- I mean, that against the 2022 film, right, where we ultimately find out that Roland Boyd is very much alive. He's kind of masterminded this whole thing. There's the the, the That's kind of one of the big twists. The other twist is that uh, Trevor was working for him the whole time. He helped to orchestrate and make sure that people fell into place and that he was collecting souls for Roland. Uh, and then kind of has like a little redemption moment, but ultimately Roland gets to use that exchange policy, right? Mm-hmm. To get the contraption from out of his body. 
but he has to choose another uh, destiny because the cube can produce, I think it's like one of six things between pleasure and power. And there's a lot of, there's, it's a list of things that can produce. This is the moment that you know that it's American because this has a very customers always right kind of attitude toward it. And like, he's like, I didn't like this. This isn't what I wanted. And they're like, oh, well, the warranty is still good. <laughs> Has big retail energy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did you want to yeah, return it for something? <laughs> yeah. Like, get store credit. They're like, no, no, I Sorry, want to. Sorry, you don't have the receipt. You can only get a gift card. Do you have the credit card that you bought this with? What, what uh, if did. when the rooms turn to hell, it just turns into like a JC Penney's just with chains around it? <laughs> some chains no, and no, some no. flesh. Some chains if, and if someone's hell... constantly spraying shitty perfume into your eyes. It would... Perfect. If hell is anywhere, it's a Kmart. I was going to say it's a Kmart. For, oh, sure. Shit. <laughs> for sure. As someone who worked at a Kmart, it's a Kmart. Um, Welcome yeah, so to Big me... K. I know no one calls <laughs> <laughs> I That's actually what I call myself. I'm Big K. Um, so we have the, the six configurations of the cube, uh, lament, lore, ladrant, ladrant, uh, liminal, Lazarus and Leviathan. They were, they were really like, we need three L words quick. We need six L words. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, wait, how many did I say? <laughs> uh, three. Oops. Funny Plus enough, Jamie three. Clayton. You didn't let me finish. <laughs> Jamie Clayton also stars in The L Word. So, you know. Huh. Yeah. All right. Lions. Um, <laughs> Ligers. Liger. Oh, shit. That's like lions. Lairs. Lentils. <laughs> Fuck. I'm hungry. <laughs> uh, what configuration? Lentil. <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately, he ends up uh, yes. choosing power and becomes a Cenobite himself. That's kind of that. the the last scene in the film is him. Uh, with his audience with God and yep. or whatever their version of God is and they yes. transform him into a Cenobite. So if they end up deciding to uh, further the storyline, we might even get to see a role in Cenobite, which is kind of an exciting prospect. Yeah, I, I think it's it's fun a fun continuation of this story in particular. And I think it obviously set itself up to, to, to do its thing. Um I would like to know the effects of some of the other powers, obviously, like we kind of have an understanding, but trying to figure out the pleasure one, uh, talking about special effects and stuff, man, that machine was pretty gnarly. I didn't know what it was doing, but it seemed painful. And then they explained it and it seemed more painful. (laughs) So bad. So bad. These kids in there flossing. <laughs> what if flossing could suck worse? What if the floss was every muscle strand in your body? It'd be fun and pleasurable. No, it looked really painful. He did a good job at like <laughs> running that thing. Uh yeah, I I I enjoyed that one. And then the power one was interesting, so I guess they're all made by the power cube and we don't know much about liminal or love we were going to try to find love but yeah all right i'm I wonder what I'm ready love for five more movies was it like you have to spend a night with me in head well, i think <laughs> would you I like think... to go to denny's <laughs> now that sounds I nice feel like, i feel like pinhead would go to denny <laughs> right <laughs> 
See, now that's now that's the movie I want to watch now. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the new breakfast sampler at Bob Evans is really good. Look, don't judge me. I'm just really into the Grand Slams. It's a great <laughs> deal for the money. Well, I forgot uh, my wallet. Can you get this one? Inflation's really hitting us all. <laughs> Even they they really didn't come to the table much, so I'm only giving a 12% tip. It's not exactly the minimum or the maximum, but it is okay. I'm going to sit here and watch her look at the receipt because it's incredibly awkward, which I find immensely pleasurable. <laughs> yeah, I... Uh, I think there's a lot of fun themes that, you know, we can we can get from like the overarching, you know, tones of the Hellraiser film. Uh, so in lieu of a of a spoopy meter, I think this one's pretty cut and dry. Would you recommend the Hellraiser series to a friend? Yes or no? And why? Hellraiser series? Yes, I guess based off of these two films. Sure. Uh, I can say nothing about the other films, but they seem like real romps. Uh, restarting the series, yeah, watch this one; it's fine. I, I, I think you know what? I'm gonna say it's better than fine. It was very good. So go ahead, watch. Whoa, the new one. very good movie. Wow, wasn't the best movie. Had had its own little uh, weaknesses, but uh, I would recommend it if you're in to body horror light if you like spooky looking monsters that's that's what this did good good monsters for for anyone new to listening to the podcast that's incredibly high praise from kyle anything other than a non-committal it was good i liked it i don't know uh this this is like cause for celebration that good yeah good job yeah i don't know if i could recommend like the whole series after these because i also haven't seen um the other like sequels to the original Hellraiser, but I would say you should definitely see the original and see this one as well. Like same thing as Kyle, if you like good body horror and some awesome effects. Yeah, I would definitely recommend them. Yeah, it was fun. Um, sure. Watch it or don't, I don't know. It was fun. It was, it was okay. Did you and Kyle switch places? <laughs> what the fuck is happening? Watch them or don't. I don't give a fuck what you do. With your life. <laughs> really it's a free shit. country. I don't really give a shit. Do whatever <laughs> oh, the fuck no. you want. I'm this going was, to Denny's. This was done in America. So be American and make up your own goddamn mind and stop asking my opinion. <laughs> That's the most beautiful thing you've ever said. What about you, Jarvis? Would you recommend show up on his laptop later? Oh, yeah. Jarvis, would you recommend the series? I I mean I'm I'm certainly biased. I really enjoy uh just the flavor of the Cenobites of the dark gritty sexy themes. I've always really liked it and I I even like kind of I I have watched the other films and you know I find something endearing about them. It's not a good quality. It's it, it's kind of that hokey cheesiness that's sort of embedded in late 80s early 90s horror that I do find appealing. Uh, but what this, the 2022 did versus the 1987, it gave it a very polished feel and aesthetic, both in the way it was shot in the way it was presented to the audience and in the characters, uh, the backgrounds of those characters, uh, e- even, even the box itself, the, the configurations, it has meaning, it has purpose and it flowed well and it gave a f- kind of forward momentum. So 
I really enjoy it. I really like what they did with it, even though I, I'm upset that they didn't take it too far because that's what I expect out of something like this. Take it over the edge. You know, I, I want to be grossed out. I want to not feel good watching it, but I, I, I love that. That's the energy I'm looking for. Even though it didn't do that for me, how beautifully it was shot. The gore is still there. It is still very graphic and pretty damn scary. So I, I really enjoy it. It's still probably one of the top two of the entire series. So definitely, definitely check it out. Yeah, I think that that wraps us up. It, it's a good, it's a good movie. They were both good movies. I'm just happy the first one was so short. That's that's my takeaway is that keep your movies at an hour and a half. I think you'd do better. Um, uh, world, because <laughs> yeah, not everything needs to be three hours long, in Agreed. my opinion. Nah. Agreed. Uh, but with that, if if we're uh, foregoing the this the spoopy meter then i would like to give thanks because it's thanksgiving everyone <laughs> <laughs> it's that's uh, what you're going with huh yeah, yeah. Yep. everyone loves january thanksgiving hey sometimes you miss thanksgiving you just gotta do it in january yeah that's true okay <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think I think we've all hit <laughs> I think we've all hit that that limit here. Yeah. Uh, I want to go ahead and say thank you to Andrew Cavadal and thank you to Connor McLeod. You find their information in our podcast. Come talk to us about all the Cenobites. Show us your favorite one. Uh, show us all your fan-made Cenobites. I'm sure there's a trillion of them. That'd be fun. And then um yeah, d- just listen to the other episodes too. This this was a good one. This is a fun one, and the other ones are just as good. And uh, watch these movies, and then if anything, uh, we we always have to say uh, goodbye to you. So so Chris, what do you have to say to all of the Cenobites out there? Thanks for stopping by and having a horrible time. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.